When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow us all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. Welcome to episode 201. Thank you to everyone who took part in the contest for the 200th episode, and thank you to all of you who shared your well wishes and your congratulations. Hey, you guys make it a lot of fun to do this. That's why I'm continuing to do it and why I love bringing on these these personalities, these brands to talk about all the new products and stuff that's going on in their life, both on and off the golf course. And so thanks for sticking with us. If you like what we do here at the GU Podcast, please go out to iTunes and rate us five stars, leave us a rating, type whatever you want. Let us know how we're doing. We take that feedback very seriously and we use it to improve. And I'd like to just hear from all of you. Speaking of which, I forgot to give you my email address. You can reach out to us as well, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Thanks to our friends over at thehackersparadise.com for keeping this podcast going. You can listen to this podcast as well on the THP mobile app. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland and Strixon Golf. We had them on the 200th episode. I hope the winners of, or the winner rather, of the new Strixon Z Series driver is going to enjoy that. I'm sure that they will because I enjoy mine. And hello to our friends, of course, over at BudgetGolf.com. Be sure to check them out and all the great deals that they got going on every single day. Stock up for spring. Why not? The weather's nice. I've had the chance to play golf. I know you are as well. Masters Sunday was incredibly crazy, though, in the Chicagoland area. We had about four inches of snow that day, and that was craziness enough. In addition to perhaps the greatest player ever, Tiger Woods winning his fifth green jacket. It's incredible. Everybody, of course, was talking about it. I mean, that's just the most obvious thing in the world. And what people were also beginning to talk about after, actually, the mock turtlenecks, (laughs) because everyone wanted a mock turtleneck, myself included, I'll be honest, was the golf ball that Tiger was using to win his fifth green jacket. And today, that is the topic of discussion. We welcome back Mr. Elliot Mello, Golf Ball Marketing Manager over at Bridgestone Golf to talk all about the golf ball that Tiger Woods used to win the Masters this past weekend, at least at the time of this recording. The Tour BXS over at Bridgestone is a great golf ball. I've had the chance to try it. It's really, really darn good. But you don't have to listen to me tell you that. You just We all just saw Tiger Woods win his 15th major using this golf ball. And so Elliot and I talk a little bit about what was going on at Bridgestone HQ, or in this case, uh, Elliot's house. He had a party for the Masters watching Tiger win in historic fashion. And you want to listen to the end of this podcast because we have an interesting giveaway for all of you to take part in. And you're not going to want to miss out on that. So sit back, relax. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Mr. Elliot Mello from Bridgestone Golf. 
Hi, this is Bill Hobson from the Four Golfers Network podcast. And as you and I enjoy this episode of Golf Unfiltered with my friend Adam, I'm reminded of an indisputable reality. We, as golfers, are nuts. We chase a small ball around the planet, spending thousands of dollars in the effort to get that ball into a tiny hole. We then yell at the ball and curse it when it doesn't listen, even though it can't listen, it's a ball. This insanity is all part of the magic of the game, and it's what we celebrate on the Four Golfers Network podcast every Monday when a fresh episode comes your way on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, you know, all the places. So after you finish listening to Adam today, I'd love to have you check out the Four Golfers Network podcast, that's F-O-R-E, where we celebrate the game with top-name guests and an exploration of the things about golf that both drive us crazy and bring us back for more. I stink! The ball is just sitting there and I can't hit it! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Very excited to welcome back, for I believe the second time, or the third time, I'm losing track here, Elliot, Mr. Elliot Mello, uh, Golf Ball Marketing Manager over at Bridgestone Golf. Elliot, nice to speak with you again. Absolutely, man. Excited to be back on. Thanks for having me. You're a great guest to come on, and I know you're usually joined by your partner in crime, Adam Rayberg. So, uh, you know, hello, Adam, if you're listening to this. I know that you're a loyal listener as well. Uh, you know, Elliot, you and I had the chance to meet face-to-face for the first time down in Orlando at the PGA Merchandise Show. You guys had a lot of great things happening in the area of golf balls for Bridgestone. And, oh, by the way, something pretty major, pun intended, just happened over the weekend. Uh, how's life right now over at Bridgestone with uh, Tiger's win at the Masters? <laughs> we are uh, we're flying high down here in uh, Covington, Georgia. The uh, the Tiger effect is in full swing, and um, and you know I've seen a lot of people kind of mentioning that maybe it's the Tiger effect 2.0, and uh, that's certainly what we're seeing on our side. And we're excited to excited to be along on this wild ride with him, and we thank him for letting our golf ball be a part of history. It's so funny to talk about the Tiger Effect 2.0 because, you know, obviously everyone was talking about the the mock turtleneck, the return of the mock when he was walking <laughs> through Augusta. And, of course, you know, that those are flying off the shelves or the online stores, of course. But I know, uh, yeah, you, you know, Adam actually mentioned, Adam Rayberg mentioned that you guys are seeing something similar with his golf ball. Can you talk us through a little bit about the golf ball brand and type that he's playing right now? Yeah, so he's a, he continues to be in our Tour B XS, which is the the softer cover, higher spin spec of the Tour balls. Uh, loves the golf ball, um, and it's, it's been working really well for him, obviously. But uh, for, you know, from a from our side, from a business standpoint, uh, as we sit right now, sales on that golf ball are up in excess of three hundred percent in terms of <laughs> uh, the way that we're shipping that golf ball out to accounts. Uh, we actually have a, uh, a well, this is the first time I'm going to mention it publicly, but we have a kind of a commemorative limited edition golf ball to commemorate the Masters win hmm. uh, that that we we thought we had about uh, 45 or 60 days worth of inventory on, and we ended up selling out of it in 26, 24 hours and 36 minutes yesterday. So, <laughs> so, it is, so the retailers are behind it, and it'll start showing up here next week at some retailers. Um, yes, yeah, so that was kind of, a, kind of a wild moment for us, uh, just to see the orders constantly rolling in like that. It was pretty wild yesterday. I was wondering if you guys were going to do something to commemorate the win, and, and that sounds awesome. I mean, and it's so funny, too, Elliot, because, I mean, I know you and I grew up watching the man play golf, and it's been so long, you know, from his point of view, between majors, and now it's almost like an entire new group of people get to see the Tiger effect, and this is definitely something that's hitting Bridgestone hard, I would imagine, right, in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. 
to your point, though, there's a person that hasn't seen them play or hasn't seen them play well in a long time, and they're excited about golf again. And, um, you know, I was talking to the local course down the street from the office uh, yesterday, and their rounds played were twice what they normally are for a Wednesday afternoon. So it's uh, it, it's it's on all fronts that you're seeing that, you know, Twitter is a buzz, as you, as you would expect after something like this. But um, that it, it's real and it's here, and... Um, I think that honestly, I think the the more genuine and approachable Tiger is somewhat is fueling that. Um, he's not as polarizing as he once was. He's more of a family man. Um, thankful for the opportunity. Thankful to be doing it again. And I, I think that's showing through. And for some of the previous naysayers, I think it's kind of getting them back in the boat and getting them on board and excited as well. Yeah, definitely. I would say that everyone's pretty much in that boat now. And if you're not, then I don't know what's wrong with them. But you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, Elliot, <laughs> you guys were on the show not too long ago. And you were talking a little bit about the process that Tiger went through to find his new golf ball. And you and I were talking a little bit before we got going here. You know, obviously, Tiger is a tinkerer. He likes to go through different forms of equipment. And, of course, he just recently had another equipment change with his irons. Um, Did you have to go back to Tiger to make sure that the golf ball was still right for him? Or is that that a factor that's not even a thing when a pro changes irons, that the ball is always consistent? Well, uh, us and the fitting guys and the R&D guys, he always has time to test. He always, he always wants to make sure everything's optimized for his game. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, earlier in the year, uh, after he made some equipment changes, uh, we, we went and we worked with Tiger, Tiger down in Jupiter. Because um, ultimately, as something changes, one of the variables in your swing changes, whether it's the swing, the shaft, the club head, the golf ball. If something changes, the launch conditions are going to change across the board. Um, and so this, he knew this was going to be a big year for him. He finished out last year very strong with the win at the Tour Championship. He wanted to make sure everything was still dialed in with his golf ball after making some club changes. Um, so we went down and we worked with him uh, at the Medalist Club. And a joyful experience, as always, to be with Tiger. And he, he's a very discerning player when he's testing, uh, much more much more so than most of the other pros that we work with on a regular basis. Uh and, it, you know, it was interesting because there, there were similarities in terms of how the golf ball was working. But then for certain shots, there's actually new opportunity that, that uh, the equipment change opened up that allowed him to optimize another area of the golf ball that he kind of previously, previously wasn't getting to completely. Whether it's more spin on a short game shot, whether it's better hitting the window off the tee, um, you know, the total sum of all the equipment um, and added up to Torby Excess, continuing to work great and in some areas working even better now that everything was kind of pairing up well. You know, I always have to wonder, too, what it feels like from a brand's perspective to watch one of the world's best, and in this case, arguably the best ever, try out their product. I mean, I'd imagine that that's probably stressful. (laughs) Well, you know, if you go back to how we found him, or how Tiger found us, rather, it it was a very hands-off experience. He he independently tested all of the brands on his own mm-hmm. uh, and then ultimately came to us and said, all right, Bridgestone, you won. Can we do a deal? Um, and so, so we, knew, we know he likes the product. We know it performs very well for him. He's won with it. Uh, so going into a testing session, that, that helps kind of alleviate any of those particular stresses that we would have, um, which is nice so you can kind of go in with an open mind and, uh, and it kind of makes the whole process smoother. So when we, when we worked with him last, it was a combination of checking his existing ball and then also – we had some future state technologies that we were showing off to him for, mm. for the 2020 golf ball, for the 2022 golf ball, et cetera. Uh, and 
that would be the only area really that the kind of the uncertainty comes in, not uncertainty, but just kind of the anxiousness of seeing what his feedback is and uh, kind of seeing ultimately how he's going to help us co-design our, our next couple generations of tour balls here. You know, I, and that's, uh, that's good to know. And, and, you know, it's interesting too, because, you know, I, I, I have heard that Tiger has read something that I've written before and I'm, I'm by no means <laughs> trying to compare myself to what you guys do, but you know, I just, you know, I heard that and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, you know, did I, did I have any typos for crying out loud? And I could just imagine <laughs> that this guy, you know, one of the best ever, if not the best, you know, just coming off or heading into the masters to win his fifth green jacket, you know, he's, he's got to have it absolutely perfect in his mind and it's great to hear that the tour bxs was was that ball for tiger and so i'm sure he provided a lot of feedback what were some of the qualities about the ball that he liked the most um well the, the to put it bluntly the high spin around the green is one of the, the big selling features for tiger on that golf ball mm-hmm. um he, he grew up playing a lot of golf ball so a very soft golf ball you know great great feel great control around the green um, and so the way that his game has evolved over time, he's, kind of, he's actually kind of contrarian to a lot, of, a lot of the younger players in the fact that since he grew up playing that high spin golf ball, he's always built his short game in a way that he dials spin back as needed rather than trying to add it like mm-hmm. the new generation does. So with that thought in mind, we, don't, we, we essentially kind of, have a, kind of have a little secret weapon in our back pocket that whenever we give him a golf ball, we know that it's if it is as soft as the one he was previously hitting or, or, or softer, he's going to like it. Mm. Um, and so that's really why he gravitates to Torby XS from a green side standpoint. But then in terms of a total fit, um, the spin separation of that golf ball. So what I mean by spin separation is that maintaining that short game control, but having a core that is dramatically spin reducing off the tee so the ball doesn't balloon, so the ball doesn't get pushed around in the wind. Um, those are kind of the two features they likes about it. So, uh, with, you know, with that ball being low spin, you kind of saw it as, as they made the turn at Augusta. Um, you know, they, they don't publish the swing speed at that tournament like they do some of the others, but I mean, you could visibly see it on the coverage that he was getting after that golf ball more and mm-hmm. the swing speed was coming up with each subsequent drive. Um, and with a ball that's higher spin, he wouldn't have been able to do that in those, you know, 13 to 17 mile an hour winds they had up there. But because Tor BXS is still low spin form off the tee, he's able to be aggressive in those kind of situations. It is interesting, Elliot, when you talk about the different conditions that we all heard about watching the Masters. And in my case, it was actually better for us because we had an an engagement later on in the afternoon on Sunday. And so everyone was teeing off, obviously, in threesomes on Sunday morning. Uh, But maybe walk me through a little bit from your perspective as somebody who works at the company that is providing the golf ball to this guy who is in the hunt. What were the emotions that you were going through? watching all this knowing that your golf ball is going to have to hold up literally in the changing conditions yeah that's yeah, a good question so um you know augusta is just right down the road from us here at the office it's about 90 miles mm-hmm. away um so very close to the office much like how east lake was at tour championship and you know i think for the most part the staff kind of takes a concerted effort that in the event that we're going to need to be on call on Sunday, get your, get your time on the course out of the way early in the week. So everybody can have a phone <laughs> handy on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so we were all watching at home. We had been out there throughout the week, uh, talking to the guys and stuff. We were all watching home on Sunday. And, um, I actually, we had a big party at my house plan for some friends. And so I'm kind of dealing with watching tiger playing host. And then also, uh, you know, group texts and phone calls with the team and, 
kind of talking through strategies, everything from PR to uh, social messaging to, you know, what are we going to do on golf channel and commercial wise and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of elements going through it, but you know, we, we're all pros of what we do here. We all have practice to kind of executing those parts. So it does allow us some time to enjoy the golf as well, which is nice. And um, I kept telling everyone here at the house that this is, this tournament doesn't start till hole 12. You know? Right. Don't worry that we're back right now. It doesn't start till hole 12. And um, a couple, I don't know, maybe when they were on 11 tee box, and I, and I saw some of the other groups start to deal with some of that wind on 12, but the you know typical amen corner of the flag's not blowing, but the second you get it up over those trees, you're getting hit by a 17-mile-an-hour wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of called it there in my living room and said, Frankie's going to put that golf ball in the water. Molinari's going to put a ball in the water. We're going to be right back in this thing. And sure enough, that's what happened. And uh, it was a fun ride from there. I got to tell you, when he hit that shot on 16, I thought you guys were going to have your Bridgestone moment. That ball <laughs> was headed for the hole. Everyone in the world was screaming for it to go in. And just the iconic shot of him watching it, you know, kind of like stooping down a little bit. And then Michael Phelps, of all people behind him <laughs> watching the shot i mean that that had to be incredible how loud were you screaming at that moment yeah we were pretty amped up when that happened we were pretty <laughs> amped up and then uh you know i kept telling myself we got he, he was struggling a little bit on the front with the driver and i knew he was going to get it going eventually and i kept telling myself we got two we got two drives and we got the jacket and sure enough he piped both of those drives and uh the rest is history Congratulations, guys. I mean, that that's just an incredible, incredible time, especially for you guys over at Bridgestone. And, you know, Elliot, I know that you and I have talked a lot about Bridgestone being the number one ball fitter. Um, you guys do a, you guys pride yourself on being able to, you know, fit basically anyone who plays the game into one of your golf balls. And you talked a little bit ago about how you went and approached Tiger to make sure that the fit was still good for him. You know, fitting is not just a one-time thing. You've said that to me before, and I imagine that's true for average golfers like you and me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned with Tiger, as a variable changes, uh, your potential fit could change as well. So what I mean by that is, you know, for the listeners, if, if you've got a new driver this year, if you're if you're taking lessons and your swings change, it's it's possible that your your golf ball has changed too in terms of what is best optimized for your needs, uh, and. You know, the other, the other thing they think about as well is that the, the brands are constantly changing. So, you know, you look at a product like our new E12, for example, it's a brand new type of construction that we didn't previously have that, that was really built to service consumers from a fitting standpoint. So with all that in mind, um, you know, we, we've fit a lot of people over the years, but if, it, if it's been a couple of years since you've been fit, you owe it to yourself and to your game to, to go through a fitting and to, and to make sure that you're still dialed in. And so when you go through that fitting from Bridgestone and you are presented with a couple options, you know, how would the consumer make that jump? Do you go and just kind of pick out a couple and try them on the course, or is there any other way that consumers can kind of demo the balls? Yeah, that's a good question. So so historically, our ball fitting process has been uh, basically the Pepsi Coke challenge of golf. You hit your current golf ball regardless of what it is, repeat the process and measure the Bridgestone. Uh, and it, it historically had been a driver-only test. The reason that the reason that driver is important in our eyes is the flat face of it and the violent impact really exaggerate the performance of the golf ball. Um, if, you, if you did the inverse of that and only hit 60-degree wedges, so much loft and not a high swing speed, you don't really know how the golf ball is actually compressing and working. So that's why driver had always been our focus. Uh, this year, we uh, we ramped that up, and we actually are more robust fitting. Um, hmm. So 
there's a seven iron component also to look at accuracy, proximity to the pin, spin control, and then there's also kind of a short game wedge piece as well in terms of um, how, how we can chip the golf ball. So, mm-hmm. so our fitting has evolved in that form. Um, and really, in, in our opinion, the uh, understanding the data and understanding the recommendation um, on paper is, is validation from a performance standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but absolutely, c- consumers should, uh, coming out of our fitting, we'll give them a two-ball pack to kind of have the last piece of the validation, which is the on-course testing and be, you know, to be hitting drives to places that they normally couldn't get to in terms of distance or to be hitting shots that check up in a way that they didn't want their previous golf ball is really the aha moment for a lot of golfers. And so when they have that option or that chance to try out these golf balls, I'm sure that, you know, you get a lot of customer feedback, you get to know a little bit more about what you'll do in the next iteration of the golf ball. And so I know that you've spoken to us before about the ways that Bridgestone uses customer feedback maybe remind uh, remind our listeners rather on how that's done how do you use customer feedback in the r&d portion or even just you know thinking about what you want to do next yeah so the um so the ball fitting event obviously is a great way for you guys to get fit uh it's a it's a great sales and marketing tool for us it's kind of got that hand you know that hand-to-hand giving of the golf ball that human touch point uh it does a great job of converting consumers for us but quite honestly, the ball beating program might be most valuable to us in, in terms of the R&D value of mm-hmm. it. Uh, and so what I mean by that is we have more data points um, about how amateur golfers swing than all of our competitors combined. And so the reason that that's important is we design and redesign golf balls based on how normal people like you and I hit the golf ball. So you look at a golf ball like our RX that essentially invented the soft core tour ball category uh, back in '09. That was a golf ball that came from the data. We identified there's a lot of people that like the control of a urethane ball, a four ball around the green, but hey, they don't swing as fast as a tour player and they need something that's easier to compress off the tee. So the RX invented that soft core tour ball category. You come, you come forward and you look at, uh, at our new E12, for example, our latest innovation, we identified there's a lot of players that, that like a soft golf ball. Um, you know, soft's been the buzzword in the industry the last couple of years. Right. But what we notice is a lot of the soft golf balls have gotten so soft uh, that they're actually losing velocity. There's not enough uh, not enough oomph behind them to actually have good speed. So they're, they were over-delivering on soft feel, under-delivering on performance. Hmm. In steps are active acceleration manager on E12. We solved for that problem of being able to maintain soft feel but pick up ball speed at the same time. But we wouldn't have known to make those types of innovations had it not been for the mass amount of ball fitting data that we had that kind of drove us down that path. So this that's interesting. So this might be a forgive this question, but you know, I prefer a a softer feeling golf ball and I think a lot of people say, I mean, you even mentioned that's like the hot topic these days when I talk when we talk about golf balls. We understand that, you know, how spin and feel and distance how all that works together. But is there truly in your opinion a a correlation between the softness of feel and the spin, perhaps even in the short game, because you had mentioned that Tiger preferred the Tour BXS because of the spin around uh, the greens. And is there any correlation there, or is that really just kind of, you know, the perception of the player or something? That's a that's a great question. Um, it's it's one that at times is hard to quantify, but I I do have some information on the topic. It is um, for the vast majority of players, air quotes feel is mm-hmm. related to uh, to sound, right? Um, for the very discerning players like the Tigers, the Bryson, the Shambles of the world, et cetera, 
there's a there is a uh, there's like a vibration element or what they're feeling in their fingers plays a small factor into that in addition to the sound. But for most players, basically all virtually all listeners of this podcast, sound uh, is what it is equated to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so it's an interesting topic. Um, so off the driver, for example, generally speaking, the consumer likes a little bit a little bit more of a thud or a muted sound. Right. Um, as opposed to a golf ball that has a firmware cover that usually has more of a clicky sound. Uh, but what's interesting about this perceived feel is we did a test recently with uh, with the E12 Soft, for example, was the golf ball that we were using, and we tested it against five urethane golf balls, a couple Bridgestones, and then three competitors in there. And um, basically, we wanted to see in the absence of sound what was the perceived feel, huh. and then also in the ab- in the absence of sound plus seeing the ball land, what is the perceived feel? So we had them hit some shots with uh, earmuffs on when they couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. And then we also had them hit some shots where the ball landed in like a knee-high rough so they couldn't see if the ball bounced or checked up or what it did. And these are all wedge shots that they're hitting. Um, and and basically 100% of golfers selected the E12 soft as the softest feeling golf ball out of this test, um, even <laughs> though we all know with a 40 degree wedge, I mean, a 40-yard wedge shot, the five urethane golf balls are going to spin more. But from a true feel standpoint, when you remove all of the, the bias from the test, the lowest compression golf ball is the one that felt the softest to consumers. Interesting. I, I don't know if I've ever heard of a test being done that way. That's that's extremely interesting. And so I'm just picturing like I'm picturing guys or and, and golfers, you know, with these, you know, those Bose sound canceling headphones on just just hitting shots. Mm-hmm. Was that basically the way that you set it up? That's basically what it was, yeah, because we're uh, – and then we, we actually take the test a step further, and uh, we're, we're measuring the shots as well so that we can pick up uh, – so we can have a measured frequency and pitch versus <laughs> the perception of the consumer for each individual shot. Huh. So it's, it's pretty in-depth stuff. Um, we're doing some even crazier sound tests right now with drivers mm-hmm. uh, in terms of different metallics, different types of waging and stuff. Those I can't really speak to. They're highly confidential. Sure. Um, but but sound is an area that we are approaching because ultimately we know that historically via ball fitting, about 80% of consumers can show performance with a Bridgestone ball over their existing golf ball. But obviously, we don't have 80% market share. So not everyone that is being proven that our ball is better is, can, is truly converting after the fitting. So we go back in and sound and feel is one of the big areas that we're looking to improve. And we've made, we've made dramatic improvements. I mean, hell, we're talking about a Sirwin ball feeling better than five urethane balls. So we've made a dramatic improvements in the area, but it's still an area that we're investing in and trying to get better. Hmm. That's really, really interesting stuff. And, and uh, let's get you back on when, when you can talk more about that other test, because you know I'm, I'm, I'm a junkie for that kind of stuff. That sounds really, really interesting. Uh, so I want to get back to the Tour BX golf ball, the golf ball that Tiger just used to win his fifth green jacket. Obviously, you know, players everywhere across the globe want to get this in their golf bag. You know, what's one of the best ways, Elliot, that what, what can we do for our listeners of this podcast to have them try out the Tour BX golf ball? Well, I mean, it, it's probably fitting that we do a giveaway of sorts and make huh. sure we right out of the gate get a handful of guys some golf balls. And, uh, you know, naturally after that, everyone else that doesn't win, you know, they can go to local pro shop, local, uh, local sporting goods store and get some golf balls. But, yeah, let's give some away. That sounds awesome. So, actually, 
I know that your guy Tiger, your best friends now, I imagine, because you helped him <laughs> get into that golf ball. I understand you guys had a special Tiger edition. Yes. So, uh, so it was interesting because Tiger, a lot of the pro guys, you know, they play like a, a prototype ball or a ball that the public doesn't have access to. The Total BXS is the first time in Tiger's career that he's played a retail spec golf ball. But hmm. we had consumers kind of not believing that it was a retail spec. So we said, all right, you're right. The ball he plays is not 100% the retail spec. There is one difference. The only difference is we print his name on the golf ball. So now we started making golf balls that have his Tiger name stamped on it, just the same way that he uses in competition, and it's our Tour BXS Tiger Woods edition. Uh, hmm. So that, that was the ball that he used for all 275 shots out there at Augusta on his way to winning that, uh, that green jacket, and I think we should give some of those away. That sounds amazing, and I know the listeners to this are going to love that. So how many do you think we should give away? Let's give away a dozen. How many winners do you think we should pick? Uh, let's, let's pick five winners. Oh, nice. Five winners of one dozen Tour BXS. I had to get the letters right, Elliot. Let me say it one more time. <laughs> one dozen of the Tour BXS Golf Balls Tiger Woods Edition. So you're going to be able to see, and listeners, if you're listening now, go out to Golf Unfiltered on Twitter, and you can see a picture of all the golf balls uh, that we recently received from our friends at Bridgestone. Thank you again for that, Elliot. Uh, and there's going to be the Tiger a Special Edition Ball is right in that photo. And so the way that this is going to work, folks, um, we're going to send out, if you've followed us on social in the past you've seen how we like to do contests there's going to be a tweet that's going to have all the information that you need and it's really simple you're going to have to follow golf unfiltered on twitter be sure to follow bridgestone golf on twitter and just retweet that tweet and we'll make sure that we make it really obvious which tweet we're talking about elliot that's an extremely generous giveaway thank you so much absolutely well you know we're sales are flying right now so we're feeling a little generous (laughs) <laughs> that's great so if tiger just keeps winning we'll be keep having you on the podcast and we'll just we'll just make that's that a, a frequent that's the deal that's the deal we'll do some more giveaways if you when he wins another one of these awesome awesome all right elliot well i know you and i could talk forever on this topic thank you so much congratulations again to you and bridgestone golf for just an unbelievable week and everyone is talking about tiger and that's got to be a great thing for you guys and we'll have you again soon especially after tiger wins another one sounds good man looking forward to it